Give Monica and Lauren another amen. It, 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 it's not easy to get up here in front of in front of y'all. There are many places they could be this morning. Many, many places. I don't know about you, but I've been blessed. We can close up shop and go home. We've been blessed, amen. amen. Father in heaven, we are here this morning. Lord, for too long and so long, we've been called youth of tomorrow. But Lord, if we're old enough to serve our country, 
If we're old enough to start multi-billion dollar businesses, why can't we be used in your service? If we can be drafted by an NBA team and be invested with millions of dollars for things we haven't done yet, Lord, we can put our money where our mouth is. Lord, I thank you for the youth here in East Palo Alto Seventh-day Adventist Church. Father, as we open your word, we ask that you open our hearts as only you can. Take away all of the defenses and all of the foolishness. In your name we do pray. Amen. In Texas, Diane Trin is an honor student, something I never was. She was Mirandized, booked, detained, and arraigned. No longer could she call herself among the people that can say, I've never spent a night in jail. She was jailed not for a felony or even a reasonable misdemeanor. She was jailed for missing school. Now she would have to worry about telling future employers or college admission officers that she has a criminal history. The judge, a Texas judge, ordered her to go to jail because she had more than 10 unexcused absences over a six-month period. She's a junior at her high school and takes AP and college courses for Spanish, algebra, English, and history. I barely got through AP biology. She works two jobs, one full-time and one part-time, and takes care of her two siblings. Her parents are divorced and no longer live near her. She has to live with one of her employers. The reason why she missed class was because she's tired from working. When she gets home, she stays up until 7 o'clock in the morning doing homework. Like I said, she's she, she better than me. Outrage has been heaped on this judge, and nearly $100,000 in donations have come to help DianeTran.com. The president of LCSA, the Louisiana Children's Education Alliance, says that people are angry because she's become a victim of both the public educational system and the judicial system. She's punished because of a law that makes no sense. She is faulted because she's gifted and hardworking. She is wounded, not because of her faults, but because of her gifts. But what the judge doesn't seem to understand is the thing that makes her weak is the thing that makes her extraordinary. The thing that makes her weak is the thing that makes her extraordinary. I, be I believe it's the same way with the servants of God. It is our weaknesses that makes, make us great, not our strengths. But we're going to see how in this message entitled, I Need You to Survive. I Need You to Survive. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 17. Matthew 17. I'll read verses 14 to 20 and you're hearing from the Message Paraphrase Bible. Matthew 17, verses 14 to 20. And I'll read in your hearing from the Message Paraphrase Bible. And the Bible says, at the bottom of the mountain. They were met by a crowd of waiting people. As they approached, a man came out of the crowd and fell to his knees begging, Master, have mercy on my son. He, go, he's, he goes out of his mind and suffers terribly, falling into seizures. 
Frequently he is pitched into the fire and other times into the river. I brought him to your disciples, but they could do nothing for him. Jesus said, what a generation. No sense of God, no focus to your lives. How many times do I have to go over these things? How much longer do I have to put up with this? Bring the boy here. He ordered the afflicting demon out, and it was out. It was gone. And from that moment, the boy was well. When the disciples had Jesus off to themselves, they asked, why couldn't we throw it out? And Jesus says, because you are not taking God seriously, the simple truth is that if you had a mere kernel of faith, a poppy seed, say, and you would say to this mountain, move, and it would move, there would be nothing that you wouldn't be able to tackle. Heroes. They often come from mythology and comic books. Heroes. They're usually characters who, in the face of danger and adversity, are from a position of weakness. They display some type of courage or self-sacrifice that is heroism for the greater good of all humanity. The world needs heroes. We crave them, and in some situations, we even invent them. But in our story this morning, we see the difference between humans who think that they're heroes and heroes who know that they are human. Jesus has come down from the mountain where he is transfigured, not with gamma rays or radiation, but with the very presence of God. And the presence of God doesn't transform him, mutate him, bite him, or inject him, but it, it makes what's inside of him comes out. His face shines like the fire, and his clothes as white as light. He doesn't need a uniform to hide his identity. He doesn't need a shield or a weapon to, to, to have danger at bay. He's like my grandma used to say, he's God all by himself. Strange things happen when human beings encounter mountains. It was on a mountain when Moses encountered a burning bush. A bush that was burned, but it didn't burn up. In this burning bush, Moses is not changed into a hero, but he's changed into a shepherd. Strange things happen when human beings encounter God on a mountain. Joshua, he went with Moses up on the mountain to receive the tables of stone, and the brother was up there for 40 days and 40 nights. But Joshua wasn't changed into a hero, but he was equipped to be a leader and an apprentice. Strange things happen when human beings encounter God on the mountain. Abraham, when he was upon the mountain, he saw the Messiah. Moses, when he was on the mountain, he saw the glory of God. And Elijah got to be so bold where the brother caught fire down on his enemies on a mountain. I said strange things happen when human beings encounter God upon a mountain. It got so strange that Peter tells Jesus, let's stay here upon the mountain. It's so good, let's stay here. But Jesus knows that his Avengers initiatives would fail if he stays upon the mountain. He knows that heroes are not made on mountains. Heroes are made in the valley. And the Bible says in Matthew 17, verse 14, that when they come down off of the mountain, they come to the crowd, and a man approaches Jesus and kneels before him, and he says, Lord, have mercy on my son. He's crazy. He's a lunatic. He has seizures and suffers greatly. He falls into the fire, and half of the time, he falls into the water. This man is a father, a father who doesn't want to see the miraculous shine on Jesus' face, but he's driven by his desperate need. 
this man approaches Jesus not with his credentials, with his status or his behavior. He falls on his feet and says, Jesus, have mercy on me. He falls on his knees in a place of surrender, a place of weakness, and says, Lord, I don't want something for myself. I want something for my child. I'm not going to try to impress you with religious words. I'm not going to try to impress you with my obedience. I'm not going to try to impress you with my style. I'm here pleading for mercy for my son. How many of you know that if you're a parent or a guardian, and when you come into the presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, trying to intercede for your child, it's not about being pious. It's not about being sophisticated. It's not about being sedity, but it's about asking God for mercy for your child. God, I know that they dropped out of school, but please give them mercy. I know that they smoke and drink at least half of the time, but please give them mercy. I know that they're trying things, experimenting with things, pushing boundaries and testing limits, but Lord, please have mercy on my child. The father comes to Jesus and says, excuse him, he's crazy. He's a lunatic. He's out of his mind, but Jesus, I need him to survive. I need him to reach his potential. I need him to live. I need him to finish school. Jesus said he might be crazy, but there is something inside of him that needs to come out. The abnormal that's inside of him, if it ever comes out, his real potential will be unleashed. But the father tells Jesus he's crazy and you can't handle him when he's angry. Sometimes he turns green and falls into the fire. Sometimes he sheds his clothes and falls into the water. And he says, I brought him to your disciples, but they could not help him. I respect your dignitaries. I, I respect that they are anointed, gifted, and powerful. But I thought that your power was deposited in them. And I brought my crazy son to them, but they were not able. They acted like heroes, but when they encountered the monster in my son, they ended up not being heroes, but being human. Sometimes you bring problems to people thinking that they can solve them but you end up with more answers that don't answer, with explanations that don't explain, and with solutions that don't solve. Sometimes you look for the wrong heroes. I think of another time when human beings had no choice. Their enemies were mobilized, their problems were magnified, and the heroes were divided and marginalized. A war that began on another planet was brought to Earth trying to bring about a Marvel Armageddon. Loki, the, the, the demigod from Asgard, he is jealous of the son of Odin, Thor, because Thor is promoted to his rightful place on the throne. In the place of Loki, Loki is hating on Thor because Loki doesn't know his place. He tries to come to Earth to be a king on planet Earth. He comes and he blinds the hearts of a scientist Pimps the gifts of Hawkeye because Loki knows that if Earth's heroes ever get connected to the source of their strength, then they would have power on their hands and he would be in trouble. He steals the Tesseract and is bent on bringing war. And just like the father of this crazy son, Nick Fury calls on some heroes. He calls for Black Widow but she's trying to atone for the mistakes of her sordid past. 
He calls on the incredible hawk, but the hawk is dealing with power beyond his control. He calls Hawkeye, but he is under the hypnosis of the enemy. He tries to call Iron Man, <laughs> but Iron Man's narcissism always gets the better of him. He tries to call Captain America, but he's out of date with reality. And the Council of America tells Fury, we need a response. Are you going to trust the fate of the world to a hand of freaks? But Fury says, I believe in them. They might be unbalanced, out of whack, and crazy, but with the right push, they can be the heroes that we need them to be. And what was once solitary heroes, at first becomes a group of random soldiers. Loki, he shows up with a play of misdirection. He attempts to divide them because he knows that if they get it together, that he will not have a chance. Loki is not super in himself, but he's using borrowed dark power that he thinks he's in control of, but it's actually controlling him. And when Captain America and Iron Man shows up, he begins to bend under the weight of their power. When he's captured, he tells Fury, how desperate must you be to call upon a group of lost creatures to defend you? They thought that they could be like the Miami Heat, that if you had a collection of the most talented and gifted people, they would automatically come together and win. But just like the disciples, they were placed with the problems and the burden of the despair. And instead of coming together, they, 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 they started to fight each other. They began to fight each other, and they couldn't handle this fallen angel. It got so bad that Bruce Banner said, we're not a team or a ticking time bomb. The heroes and the disciples have the same problem. They think that their power is a deposit of power instead of being connected to the power source. The, dis the disciples forgot that they were not heroes, but they were human. They're not like Iron Man, who gets his power from a cube in his chest. They're not like Captain America, who is injected with miracle juice. They're not like Thor, who has power from another planet. While Jesus is on the mountain, the disciples are trying to fight with power that they think was given to them. But power does not come from a deposit, but power comes when you're connected to the right person. Power comes from the person that you are connected to, not from yourself. You see in Mark chapter 6, in verse 7 and 13, Jesus calls the 12 to him, and he begins to send them out two by two, and he gave them authority. He gave them authority over impure spirits, and the Bible said they drove out demons and anointed many sick people and healed them. He gave them authority to do what they needed to do. They thought that because they did it before, they could automatically do it again. They thought that they could just turn it on at will. They forgot to be a hero means to be human. If you're like me, you don't read the book, you watch the movie. <laughs> Even when I was in college, we had to read the Iliad and the Odyssey. I, I, I didn't read it, I watched the movie. I watched the movie of this young Greek soldier named Achilles. 
He was the greatest warrior. He dropped giants with his sword, and the brother could throw a javelin 500 yards on point. The brother was bad. He was believed to be born, and he thought that he was conceived when a god got together with a woman. He was Greece's best fighter. The problem was not that the brother knew how to fight. It was that he knew that he knew how to fight. The brother was like Muhammad Ali, who would taunt his opponents. He was like Larry Bird when he, was, when he showed up at the three-point contest and said, who's going to come in second? The brother was like Babe Ruth, who would point out home runs before the pitch was ever thrown. Achilles was prideful. During the Trojan War, Brad Pitt, I, I mean Achilles, he goes to war, and he knows that Troy will fall. But what he doesn't seem to understand is that his mother tells him that his glory is connected to his demise. His immortality will come. But it will be legend, and it will not come from life. You know the story? When they invade Troy in the horse, Brad, I, I mean Achilles, <laughs> is going through the city looking for his woman. And the prince of Troy that, that's still living, Paris, he takes his bow and arrow and pierces, I mean Achilles, in the heel. The space between this bone and the heel. And he falls. And after a few seconds, more arrows pierces his thoracic cavity. And when his woman comes, she takes the arrows out of him, but she doesn't take the arrow from his ankle. And he bleeds out. And when his soldiers come to see that the mighty Achilles has fallen, they think that one small arrow to the brother's heel is what made him fall. The thing that made him fall, not because he didn't know his strength, he died because he didn't know his weakness. You see, the biggest heroes in Israel's history are heroes who forget their humanity. David killed giants, killed tigers, and killed bears. But the brother forgot that he was human when he stayed home from the war. Saul defeated enemies both foreign and domestic. He defended Israel, and he was head above shoulders above the rest. But he forgot, and he reasoned that sacrifice was better than obedience. Solomon thought that his wisdom came from his office. But he f <laughs> the brother's foolishness would soon split the kingdom. We'll keep it rated PG. Samson thought that his power was in his genetic code. And when he is bound hand and foot, he says, just like the disciples, I will go out as before and I will free myself. But the Bible says he didn't know that the Lord had left him. Success is the worst thing for a hero. Every hero has a liability. But the strength of a hero does not come from their gifts. It comes from their weaknesses. Heroes need to fail. The disciples thought that they were doing their thing with their own power. But what they didn't realize is that the authority and presence of Jesus was inside of them. And they couldn't do nothing if he left. He didn't know, they didn't know how to handle success. 
They were unable to deal with the Hulk inside of the young man. And when the father brings his crazy son to them, he expects them to have power. But they are unable to help. The disciples forgot that heroes are human too. Even Spider-Man is motivated by the complicated grief of of his parents' murder. Even Batman is fueled by his broken childhood. Even Iron Man's power comes from a cube in his chest that continues to threaten his life. Even Captain America was injected with serum, rejected by the world, but he is dejected by time. Even Thor's power and maturity comes from a crazy adolescence when the brother tried to fight to his own hurt. What make the disciples think that they are better than the Avengers? Jesus said, let, let, let me show you how we really do it. He says in verse 17 and 18, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Jesus rebukes the demon and it comes out of the boy and he is healed at that moment. And hear me clearly, Jesus is not talking to the young boy. He is talking to the puny disciples. You see, the father brings the boy to Jesus. Because he knew that, just like Loki and the Avengers, that he could harass this young boy. If he could stifle this young boy's potential, that he would never get in touch with his gift. You see, the devil is afraid of this young boy. So he tries to burn him, tries to drown him. But Jesus says, I need him to survive. Bring him to me. You see, the young boy is just like the Incredible Hulk in the movie. Loki is afraid of the Hulk. Because he knows if the Hulk is ever unleashed, then his army will never stand a chance. He targets the Hulk and tries to label him. He tries to get others to control him, but they are not able. They try to contain him and restrain him, but they are not able. They begin fighting each other, and just like the disciples in our story, when it comes down to it, Jesus says, bring him to me. I need him to survive. The father sees the power in the disciples, and he believes that the disciples have power in themselves. But he brings them to the disciples, but the disciples are unable. He tells Jesus in Mark chapter 9, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. The confession of the father should have been the confession of the disciples. Jesus says, that you've been trying to be super, trying to solve your own problems. Bring the boy to me. You call him crazy, but bring him to me. You see his self-destructive behavior. You might label him and medicate him, but bring him to me. You cannot deal with his hope, but still bring him to me. I am not a human who masks as a hero. I am a hero who masks as a human. Jesus has encountered demons before. He encountered demons in church when he tells them to shut up and come out. He encountered the devil in the wilderness when he said, get thee behind thee, Satan. He encountered thousands of demons in the cemetery where he rebukes them with one word, go. Hear me. He even casts out demons in his spare time, telling them to leave. 
Jesus does what Iron Man cannot do, what Captain America cannot do, what Hawkeye, Black Widow, and Thor cannot do. He says, you deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him at once. Even if you're like Black Widow, who is harassed by the guilt of a shattered past, and you cannot atone from your mistakes. The Bible says he cast seven demons out of a woman seven separate times. He says, I need you to survive. I command you to come out. And the Bible says he gives orders to unclean spirits, and he drives out demons. So I ask you the question, what hope is there? What demon is there? What fallen angel is there that can withstand him? Whether it's Loki, Thanos, Megatron, Joker, or Magneto, they all fall under the weight of his mighty hand. He gives orders to unclean spirits. You see, no hero in all of, all of the comic books have power in just their word. But when he speaks, demons shudder, stutter, and run for cover. He gives them orders and they have to go. Not only does he gives them orders, but the Bible says he drives them out. He marches into their domain, bind them and restrain them, and he marches them off the premises. He issues a restraining order to cease and desist, and he says, I need them to survive. He says, I command you to come out. I command you to cease and desist. You label him as crazy, but if I ever get inside of him, his true potential will be unleashed. He says, I need him to survive. When we see him being super, all we can do is fall prostrate like the Father and say, right on, King Jesus. Nothing can hinder you. The heavens were silent and the earth wept in pain. Nations were trembling, but hope never came. Terror filled the air and it wouldn't go away. And we needed a hero to come and to save. He came to the disciples, but the disciples were not able. Tell me, where is the hero that can come and save us? And the song says, through the nails and through the thorns, from the hills into the grave, was a voice in the distance. It was a lamb that was slain. My soul had no song, and the debt I couldn't pay. And when I needed a hero, he came and saved the day. He looks human, but he happens to be a hero. He shows up and declares, I need him to survive. And hear me, because I need him. You cannot have him. You see, when the Miami Heat were down 2-1 to one against the Indiana Pacers in the 2012 NBA Finals, Coach Spo went to Chris Bosh and says, I need you to help us out. Chris Bosh goes to the basket and dunks, and he strains his oblique. And he goes to the bench and tells his team, I'm not able. LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, they put the team on their back, and they defeated the Indiana Pacers. Ha, but when they were down 3-2 to two, against the Boston Celtics, Pat Riley and Coach Spo went to Dwayne Wade and says, I need you to step up. But Dwayne Wade says, my knee is hurting me, and I am not able. He goes to Shane Battier and says, Shane, can you hit a three? They go to Mario Chalmers and says, can you assist Shane hitting a three? But when they needed somebody to step up, all of the team declared that they were unable. The enemy was too great. They labeled LeBron James as a failed hero, the one who shrinks when the moment is great. They tried to put him down. But when his team needed him to be super, 
the hero inside of him was unleashed and there was nothing Boston could do. Doc Rivers says all we could do is look because we were helpless because we saw his greatness. He says, I'm not going to pass. I'm not going to defer. I'm going to go from controlling the game to taking over the game. LeBron was unleashed and there was nothing they could do. I don't know about you, but when I have problems in my life, sometimes my mother cannot help me. The preacher cannot help me. Not even my teacher can help me. When I'm unable to deal with the deaf and mute spirits in my life, all I can do is fall at the feet of Jesus and call upon the name of the Lord. And when I call on his name, his power is unleashed in my life. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. When the disciples come to Jesus in private, they ask him, why couldn't we do it? You gave us authority and then we were embarrassed. While you were up on the mountain, we were down here trying to do your work. Why couldn't we do it? He replies, not because you don't have strength. He says, because you have little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And he says, nothing shall be impossible for you. You see, the disciples needed to get to the place where they put themselves in the place of the boy, unable to help themselves, unable to defend themselves, recklessly abandoned to the grace of God. They have to come to the place where they tell Jesus, Jesus, I need you for me to survive. Jesus, I might be a hero, but I need you to give orders to my spirit and to drive out my demons. Jesus, I need you to survive. And when we get there, hear me. Oh, this is going to mess you up. He says to the hook inside of me, I need you to survive. When I get to the place where I can give God not just my gifts but my weaknesses, he doesn't take them away, but he transforms them into gifts. You see, you're not going to help the world with your strengths. You're going to help the world with your weakness. Nick Fury says, we got an idea to bring a group of remarkable people together that when we needed them, they would fight the battles that we were unable to fight. And he called it the Avengers Initiative. But these heroes thought that it would be their strengths that would save the world. It would not be their strengths, it would be their weaknesses. Loki was afraid of them, so he tries to trick them with pride. Stark tells them, we're coming. We're coming. We're coming for you. We're going to help this world one day. We might be young, we might be foolish, we might be human, but we're heroes. Loki says, all right, brother, I have an army. Stark looked him in the face and says, brother, we have a Hulk. You mean that young boy that you labeled, that young boy that you tried to kill, that young boy that you tried to burn, that young boy that you tried to drown, that same boy that the disciples could not control is the very one that strikes fear into the devil. Nick Fury says, there's coming a day a day unlike any other, when the earth's mightiest heroes find themselves united against a common threat. 
and they will fight the foes that no single superhero can withstand. On that day, Avengers will be born. You see, Loki was defeated not because they were heroes. He was defeated because they became a team. A team that sacrificed for each other. A team that says, where I am weak, you can be strong. When Iron Man got word that help was needed, that the army was sending a nuclear bomb to Manhattan, he grabs the nuclear bomb knowing that he will die, knowing that this will be his last moment. He takes the nuclear bomb up into the Earth's atmosphere and releases it into the enemy ship. And when he begins falling, the other heroes thought that he would save himself. When he was falling, Thor tried to call lightning down from heaven. But the one who was labeled, the one that they couldn't control, the one who had a hulk inside of him came jumping in the distance. The one that they thought was evil was the one that saved Iron Man in the end. Hulk came running after Iron Man and said, I need you to survive. And when he catches Iron Man, he buffers him and protects him from the weight of the fall. And the Avengers win because heroes self-sacrifice. There's a reason why we have high rate of teenage pregnancy. There's a reason why we have high suicide rates among adolescents. There's a reason why youth are hooked on drugs and reality shows. There's a reason. There's a reason why we try prescription drugs. There's a reason why we try to join gangs when nobody come to us and told us, I need you to survive. There is a reason why MTV and BET recycles all of these stupid reality shows targeting teens and teenagers. You know why? because he does not want you to survive. God is trying to show you that the devil is afraid of you. Every problem that he brings your way, he knows that if you can get connected to the source of your strength, if you could ever get in touch with the hero inside of you, if you ever get connected to the right team, then that brother better watch out. If you ever get connected to God, we can do the impossible and experience the incredible. God says, I need you to survive. God needs you to survive for two reasons. One, to save the world. A world that is blinded by a jealous devil. He needs you to save the people who are deaf. Well, <laughs> he needs you to save the unsuspecting people. He needs you to be super, not for yourself, but for them. There's somebody here under the sound of my voice. You're going to come up with the cure for cancer. You're going to be able to do it. If you ever get connected to the potential that's inside of you, you're saved. Oh, God, help me. The devil is afraid of you because he knows if you ever get connected to God, nothing will be impossible for you. You will be able to say to the mountains of this world, move, and you will be a hero not because of your strengths, but because of your issues, because of your labels, and because of your weakness. Not so we can be famous, but so we can save and serve a dying world. In 2009, ESPN did a profile of two athletes out of Cleveland, Ohio, 
two athletes who were different in every way. One was six feet tall and the other was about 5'5". Five five. Leroy, what they profiled wasn't their athletic gifts, but what they profiled was something else. You see, one of them was born with a disease called Leber's disease, which made him blind. He couldn't see five feet in front of his face. He thought that he was a freak. He thought that because he was misunderstood, he could never achieve the goals that he set for himself. But one day, he met another wrestler who was like him with a disability, but not with a disability in the eyes. Not a disability that was congenital, but something that was acquired. The other young man was ran over by a train when he was eight, and they had to amputate his legs beneath his knees. But they both liked to wrestle. What do you do when you have a young man who can't walk and wants to wrestle, and another young man who's blind and can't see, what you do is you put them together. And they became best friends, not because of their gifts, but because of their weaknesses. You see, where the one person was blind and couldn't see, he had no legs. So the one who had no legs and could see, one walked for the other while the other saw for the person who couldn't walk. They became a team, not because of their strengths, but because of their weaknesses. And they helped each other. They sparred with each other. And hear me, they both graduated from high school and went on to college. Where one person was weak, the other person was strong. And where the other person was strong, the other person was weak. I don't know about you, but that's Christianity. These weak disciples who couldn't help this young boy. These weak disciples who abandoned their Lord when they needed to step up. These weak disciples who fell asleep when they were needed. These same weak disciples, when they got it together, they turned the entire world upside down. Even their shadows healed people. They got together not because of their strengths, because of their weaknesses. They got connected to the hero inside of them, and they formed the right team. If you want to say, God, I know I'm gifted, but, but, but I want to give you my weaknesses. I, I want to give you the areas in my life that other people cannot control. I invite you to stand to your feet. I'm going to pray a special prayer just for you. You want to give God not your gifts, but your weaknesses. Because it's the weaknesses that reach hurting people. It's not when you're on a platform and all sedity. It's when you're in the hustle and bustle of actual life, showing people that to be a hero means to be human. And you can be flawed but do extraordinary things. If you want to give God your strengths and your weaknesses, I invite you to come to the front. I'm going to pray a special prayer just for you. You want to give God your strengths and your weaknesses this morning. I invite you to come to the front. I'm going to pray a special prayer just for you. You see, when we get it together, there's going to come a time when the adults are in jail. And we're going to be the ones that's needed. There's going to come a time when the church doors are shut. And it's the people who didn't go to church school. It's the people who don't work in religious jobs. 
They're going to be the ones, when they get it together, the power that's inside of them will be unleashed, and the devil won't know what hit them. Father in heaven, we see ourselves, and Lord, we look in the mirror, and Lord, half the time we like what we see. Lord, help us to look beyond the good stuff. Help us to go into the darkness of our being and give it to you not to take it away, but to transform it by your grace so we can be reborn. Lord, and we'll tell the world we're not perfect. We're just forgiven. The issues in our lives, we struggle with them half of the time. We're no different than you just because we have on a costume. Father, the youth that are here under the sound of my voice, Father, we've already seen that they're gifted and they're strong. Lord, let the potential in them be unleashed so they can save and serve a hurting world. Lord, the devil won't know ahead of Father, we ask you to go to that young boy and young girl now and command all of the deaf and dumb spirits to come out. Father, we ask you, not in our power, but in the power of your one and only Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you in advance for the great things you are going to accomplish in us. In your name we do pray. Amen. God bless you.
our benediction. Um, before that, um, oh, we have lunch prepared for you over in the Bia buildings.